What up, world? It is your main man, R.E.V., one of the coolest nerds you'll ever meet. And this is another episode of Real Talk with Rev. Let's go. Real talk with the R.E.V. It is the real talk with the R.E.V. I am the renaissance man on the M.I.C. You ain't rocking till you rolling with me. It is the real talk with the R.E.V. It is the real talk with the R.E.V. I am the... I'm the coolest nerd you'll ever meet. Real talk with REV. Yo, yo, yo. We back. Uh, emotional capacity. Emotional capacity. That one. Ah, oh, man. Mm. I think when we talk about emotion, or let me rephrase that. I always do that. I think it's because I'm a teacher. <laughs> and so I go right into teacher mode. But. When I'm talking about emotional capacity, I'm thinking about when did I learn that term? I don't even remember. I know it was years ago, maybe like two. No, definitely over two, about like three or four years ago, pushing five, where um, emotional capacity, the way I interpret it is how much how much am I able to give or how much space can I hold for someone else and the emotions that they're about to share with me, you know, and that's almost like mental capacity or bandwidth. That's a term that I use a lot more now is, um, do you have the bandwidth? So especially in my friendships and my relationships, um, more so platonic and romantic. Cause like family, they don't, they ain't doing all of this. I wish they would, but you know, this generational thing. Um, but one of the things I think about with my, uh, my other relationships is that there's times that I want to vent. There's times I just got to vent. <laughs> I kind of like, yo, I got to get this off my chest, off my spirit. Right. And, um, in that I don't want to assume that someone else is just a blank slate for me to vent and unload on. Right. And so what I'll think about is, okay, great. Let me ask if that person has the space to hold for me, if they have the bandwidth to hold space for me, because I don't want to assume that if I pour out all of these feelings or if I want to do some deep dives or if I need some assistance in figuring out a problem that they will automatically have the answers, have the thought process, have the capacity, have the bandwidth, have any of that stuff to offer for me because I don't know what they experienced throughout the day. I don't know what they experienced throughout the week, you know? So that's something I've actually practiced with. Um, I started it with one of my close friends, um, with Brian and he had mentioned, or no, we, how did I learn it? I don't know. We were talking about something. I'm sure I learned it somewhere on like an Instagram graphic, a social media therapist, probably a YouTube video. Y'all know, like when you start, or I know when I started curating healthier content in my news feeds, all the stuff started popping up. Right. And through that, it became a lot more commonplace for me to hear things about capacity, uh, mental capacity, emotional capacity, mental bandwidth, you know, and unloading and this emotional energy. And so from there, I brought it up in like one of our text messages, or I think I talked about, hey, um, right now I'm unable to hold space to vent because I had a rough day or da 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 da. Um, so right now I'm just not in a good space. And one thing he knows about me, if you, (laughs) 
if you know me, if you know me on a personal, personal level, you know that I hate talking on the phone. Like I hate talking on the phone. And it's funny being a professional rambler, but that's the thing. When I'm on, when I'm in a conversation, I'm super present, um, almost to a point of just like, okay, wait, let me kind of scale back a little bit. But I get really present in the conversation and it requires my focus or at least I dedicate focus to it because, you know, we're talking and I want to, you know, be present with this person and make sure that they're heard and they know that they're heard. But with that, I'm unable to really multitask. Multitasking for me, and I don't know if this is my ADHD or not, but multitasking for me has to be in a specific context for me to be able to do it Else, I, or else I cannot do it. Meaning... I can multitask between when I used to stream um, on Twitch doing my art process or when I'm doing virtual classes. I can do work and I can talk and look at the chat at the same time. If I get a text message, okay, I can look at it, read through it. I may have to take a break, but I'm able to kind of generally do these things or navigate between these things um, pretty easily. And I think it's because with teaching and making art and talking, I know my attention is divided in multiple spaces and I can kind of do these things without tapping into a lot of my mental brain power because the chat will normally be like general questions. Oh, how are you feeling today? Oh, what did you do here? Or um, could you repeat that? Then with teaching, I'm just doing the same thing. Like that's my job. So from there, I know how to execute. I know what I'm going to talk about. I don't have to come up with too many different things. Um, if I'm making art live, then from there I may get quiet or whatever. But anyway, what I'm trying to get at is I can multitask there, but ways I cannot multitask when I'm cooking, when I'm making food, when I'm in the kitchen, I I don't already don't like people in the kitchen with me. But then two, when people start talking to me, everything just gets in disarray because I lose track. Like I get, I get hyper-focused on cooking. Then with a conversation, especially one-on-one, I'll get hyper-focused in that. So from there, my brain splits and it's like, okay, I can't get anything done. I'll overcook something or I'll undercook something or I'm more so overcook stuff. Um, or I'll cook it. Then I let it like it's cooked, but then I let it sit too long. So then it gets cold when I start assembling plates, like that type of stuff. It just, it frustrates me a lot. So I can't multitask in that area. Another example, a friend of mine, she took me to hot pot for my birthday (laughs) and it was great. That was my first time uh, going to hot pot, uh, Korean barbecue, but I didn't realize I'd had to cook while talking. And that was made very apparent where I was like, hey, yeah, I can't really multitask. Like, I, I love where we at. You know, like we had the, the the table with the little grill and we also had a little pot so we can make uh soup or ramen or whatever, then cook the meat and do whatever. And it's also a huge, I think, I think what it is, it's a sensory overload for me because not only do you have, you can go up and then get food or get the raw meat, put it on your plate, then go cook it at your table. But then there was a conveyor belt going with different sides. So wrapped up vegetables, wrapped up noodles, wrapped up this. And I'm like, yo, what is going on? Then um, the server came over like, oh, would you like a refill? Would you like some rice? Would you like this? I'm like, yo, 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 relax. It's too much. It's too much going on at once. Right. <laughs> and so... So my multitasking skills, definitely not the best. So when I step into those heavy conversations 
or if someone needs to vent, I like to be present. But if I'm doing multiple things and then it's like, oh, hey, you know, call me up. Already don't like talking on the phone, but I just happen to pick up. Yo, what's up? Boom. And then they go into the ramble. At that point, I'm like, yo, I'm not getting anything done. So I just stop. So what I've done, um, and not all my friends, even though I love all my friends, I really do. Not all of them <laughs> um, understand this level of emotional capacity. And I'm so glad I'm making this an episode. So I hope y'all listening to it. Um, but so what me and Brian will do is like, we started saying, hey, he he always starts off. I know you don't like talking on the phone. I'm like, B, you good. What's good? Um, but it's like, hey, do you have the bandwidth to chop it up today? Or do you have the um, the capacity, you know, to kind of I, I got a vent. Do you have a few minutes? Are you free? Are you in the headspace for it? You know, and I really appreciate that. And I do that for him as well. And I really appreciate these things because we do a check in before we go to the deep dive, because what will happen, say, for example, if he's not in the headspace all right, perfect. I just wanted to ask, and you're welcome to decline since you're unable to do so. I'm going to start tapping into some of my other strategies or other ways or or methods for me to process these feelings and these emotions and these thoughts. But I don't want to add on to his plate because I think he's an empath. I know he's a cancer and I know how cancers get. <laughs> I've been surrounded by him. I know how y'all get. I love my cancers though. I do love my cancers. Um, my little Krabby Patties, <laughs> but uh, I'm he's he absorbs emotions, so he has to be an empath. And so from there, if he already has his own level and layer of emotions that he's processing, and he's a deep thinker like me, so he's always in his thoughts, always in his feelings, much like I am. I want to check in first to say, hold up, how are you feeling? <laughs> like. Before I get into my spiel, how are you feeling? And he'll do the same thing for me. He will even start the conversation off like, first off, twin, how you doing? And I'm like, man, thank you for asking. I'm cool in it. I'm good. But what's going on? This this about you. What's going like? Let me hold space for you. You know, and that level of of respect and and love is so appreciated because we know how each other are. That's why we call each other twin. Like we know how each other are. And um, that's something I try to practice in more of my relationships where even if it comes down to, I want to hold space for somebody or I'm in a good mental or emotional space to hold a place for that person. I'll ask first, Hey, do you have the, if you have the bandwidth and if you feel comfortable sharing, would you like to talk about it? Because the thing about it, and I didn't realize this until again, in my newsfeed, seeing all these helpful tips that not only is emotional capacity and mental bandwidth important for receiving energy, but also tapping into these things that we may be sitting with and if we want to talk about it, we may not have the energy to talk about it, you know, and that's something that really blew my mind where I was like, wow, I never I ne I knew it because if I go through or I experience something pretty heavy, like, oh, man, you know, um, I had a rough day or uh, whatever, whatever happened or so and so said something to me, da, 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 da. you know, like I never thought about how much energy it can tap into 
in order to share it. Oh, okay. See, I'm so, man, y'all, y'all getting the treats because the neural pathways are always forging and always forming and always building themselves. So the thing that just clicked in my head was um, not only does it tap into energy, but also there's the possibility that the person that who asks about it, especially if you haven't or if I haven't already um, established the, hey, do you have the bandwidth? If I haven't established that practice, then from there, I have to give that person context. So then not only am I tapping into an experience that I'm already drained from. So now I'm really I'm not reliving it, but I'm remembering it and bringing it up and working through it. But then if that person has no context, I'll have to fill in additional gaps. So that requires what three times as much energy than I even wanted to give in the first place. So from there, it was, I didn't think to word it that way until now, but I think that's one of the many roots or these things are definitely the roots to why I'll ask someone, Hey, you know, if, if I feel like the energy is off or if it's like, Ooh, I wonder if they went through something or it's been a while since we talked, do you have the emotional bandwidth or the mental headspace or the mental capacity, you know, the mental emotional bandwidth or capacity to share? But I also include your welcome to decline because sometimes you just don't want to tap into all that energy. I know I don't like (laughs) I don't want to tap into all those deeply rooted energies that eventually I'm going to work through. I know I'm going to work through them. I just don't want to work through them now after I just experienced them. I'm like, yo, let give me a minute. Give me like two business days. Then from there. (laughs) You know, during business hours, I'll consider sharing at least a little bit of it because I need to feel my emotions first. Like, and me, as I mentioned before, I'm an empath. By this point, I think y'all kind of figured out that I think a lot. I ramble a lot. I'm always in my head. And so from there, I don't always have the energy to tap into what I feel because I'm feeling it. And it's like, all right, let me just feel it and figure it out. Then. I'll probably intellectual, what is it? Intellectualize, intellectualize some of those emotions, but I try not to do that. I definitely feel them. Listen, I always feel them, but, um, it's tough, you know, and oh my God, like, I don't know if anybody else out there can relate possibly, possibly. But one of the reasons I don't do this with family is because family will, Wow, this goes back to what I mentioned earlier, another neural pathway formed. Um, One of the reasons I don't do this with family is because, one, I'm using language and terminology to express my emotions and my thoughts and feelings. And it's like, okay, yeah, maybe you're doing too much. That's what I'll think in my head. Maybe I'm like talking too much. Maybe I'm rambling too much or whatever, whatever. And then I got to provide that context, right? But then, two, there's times that I just want to vent. I don't need a solution. And I have to check myself on that. I've, um, again, in the news feed, read it and tried to practice, or I've implemented it into my relationship practice, my communication practice, where I'll say, okay, great. Not to be dismissive. Would you like to vent or would you like some solutions, like to bounce ideas off of? And I've even reframed it from solutions to say, do you do you want to bounce some ideas off of each other? Because I don't want to imply that I have all the solutions. I definitely don't. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't. I can do a mean Google search, but I do not have all the solutions. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, like reframing it to would you like to vent or would you like to bounce ideas off of to kind of just like figure things out? And through that, not only did I learn that from, I guess, a, a retweet or something like that, but definitely, definitely in unpacking my own behavior and where I learned that behavior from, you know, and being in a family of fixers and and savers and superheroes and da, 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 da. like there's times I'm like, yeah, I don't need a solution. I don't need you to save it. I don't need you to fix the problem. There's nothing that needs to be fixed. I'm just talking about it. But automatically it goes into a reactive a reactive mode instead of a responsive mode and reactions and responses are different. Reactions are gut based. They're um, passive. They just immediately happen while responses, you'll need some time to kind of process, think about it, figure out your best solution and then implement the solution. That's how I approach it and how I teach it. And so with those, Oh, we need to fix the problem. We need to fix the problem. I'm like, yo, I didn't, this is why I didn't even want to talk about it because you are trying to fix something that don't need to be fixed. And if it's going to be fixed, allow me to do it. Like, I got this. I just wanted to talk about it or get some thoughts. But with family, it's like, they don't want to hear that. And I don't know if anybody out there relates to it, um, especially like with me growing up in what two generations of single parent households, that one person, you know, my grandmother and my mother, they will always be the ones who had to fix everything or solve everything or with the rest of the family they will rely on my grandmother or my mother to come in and say like, oh, okay, you know, oh, they got it together. They going to get it handled. They going to get it handled, you know, and it's, it's exhausting. I can imagine how, I know how exhausting it is. <laughs> I know how exhausting it is. Remember friend circles being the strong friend? Yeah, I already know. So with that, I don't always want to tap into that energy because if it doesn't need to be fixed, then don't step into a solution based thinking or not even a solution based, but like a band aid based thinking. Cause it's like that solution don't even work. Then I have to bring you back out of that. Like, hold up, wait, what are you doing? You doing too much. I don't need that. That takes more energy. But then, but then we go even further where it's like, maybe you want to vent about it. Or maybe, uh, let me rephrase that. Maybe I want to vent about it, but then I start getting feedback that has nothing to do with what I talked about. And it's like, wait a minute, where, where are you going with this? You know, almost like um, if I had a problem at work, for example, like a, a classroom problem or a, a, a faculty problem or whatever, whatever. And then it's like, oh, well, you need to do ABC. Yeah, ABC has nothing to do with what I just talked about regarding EFG. Yeah, but you still need to do ABC. And I'm like, why are we talking about something that either doesn't relate or can be a next step in like a month from now, as opposed to the immediate topic of conversation? So at that point, I'm like, I don't even want to talk about it. But then when I don't want to talk about it, you don't talk about anything. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> Now my emotional capacity is ultimately tapped out. The The mental capacity, the emotional bandwidth, everything is just completely tapped out at that point because it's like, okay, why do we have to go through all these circles, right? Why do we have to go through all this back and forth 
just for me to share maybe one or two things just so I can get it out of my system and then begin the process of working through processing, interpreting, and then breaking it down and then learning to release it. Right. So, yeah, like emotional capacity is just (laughs) those check ins have been absolute lifesavers, y'all. Like it's been absolute lifesavers to sit down and say, hey, do you have the bandwidth? Do you have the capacity for this? And I think what um, this interesting to have this episode after friend circles, because that's something that, you know, could be thought about. All right. Within my friend circles, especially the most intimate ones, what I've been practicing is normalizing, saying, do you have the bandwidth? Do you have the emotional capacity? Do you feel comfortable sharing? How are you feeling today? Because not only am I practicing how to not unload or to make sure to check in with the other person, but then also practicing and reminding myself, what are the strategies that I have and how can I implement them and practice them just in case if I don't have someone to immediately vent to, it ends up feeling very, I don't want to say self-reliant a little bit maybe, but I don't want it to be under the context of I don't need anybody. Oh, like independent, right? I don't want it to come under the perspective that, oh, I don't need anybody. Rather, oh, okay, you're unavailable. That's okay. Take care of you. I'm not in a space to, you know, support you in the way that you need to be supported or you want to be supported because I'm working through my own thing. But maybe let's circle back at another time where both we're both in better mental and emotional spaces then we can support one another. You know, something about that, I I just feel it's healthier. And sure, it requires more words, but I think that with clear communication, it leads to healthy communication. Or rather, clear and healthy communication leads to healthier relationships. And also, in those relationships where this is a practice, it feels... Like I can be more of my authentic self. They can be more of their authentic selves and we can hold space for one another with, you know, approaching each other with compassion instead of judgment. So, and that's a recurring theme, right? Like I think I talked about it in episode two um, about, uh, yeah, mindfulness and approaching ourselves or approaching myself with compassion instead of judgment. I think all of that is intertwined with emotional capacity because, and also offering the space to say, yeah, you're welcome to decline. That's okay. You know, like that, I don't know, it's something about that that's, um, talking about it feels nice, <laughs> especially because I'll practice it in my friendships and relationships. Even in my romantic relationship, me and my partner do it where it's like, hey, do you have the bandwidth or, you know, do you have the emotional space or I would like to talk, but are you there? Would you like to set up a talk later when you have that bandwidth like those? It just feels so healthy. It feels like what it should be by default. Mm, It reminds me of um. I had heard the Unlocking Us podcast, the episode with Ashley C. Ford, and something that really, the, the, granted, the whole episode was just phenomenal. It just really hit my heart. Um, but one of the things that really resonated with me was when she mentioned like her upbringing when she was a child, she felt that it was 
common, but it wasn't normal. And I loved how she worded that because I feel that in this space or using that in this particular context, being able to talk about emotional capacity and bandwidth and checking in, you know, in all of my platonic and romantic relationship or well, my platonic relationships and my romantic relationship. <laughs> Got to specify that um, through that. It feels it's turning into a norm because I'm actively trying to practice it or no, I'm actively practicing it and trying to make it commonplace. So therefore it becomes normalized. That's, that's what I wanted to word it as. Yes. Okay. Now it makes sense. <laughs> the thoughts were there in my head, but I had to, you know, kind of reshuffle some words, but um, yeah, man, like it's just, it's so helpful just for that check-in and it's so considerate. It's just, it makes me feel heard. It makes me feel cared about. And it also acknowledges who I am as an empath, as a person, as someone who, you know, is always in my head, always in my heart that that's okay. And it's also okay for me to vent about things and I won't feel judged. Mm. Mm. I got to write that down on a sticky note. That was a good one. <laughs> oh, man. All right. All right. All right. So anyway, you know what time it is. You know what time it is. So wish ch 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 challenge time. So for this challenge, um, what I want y'all to do is consider this. I've already done this, but I know I want to practice it more in other uh, friendships. With someone who you absolutely trust, someone that, you know, you feel comfortable doing this with. Maybe y'all have a conversation or you you pitch it to them. Well, I want to say pitch because that's like a business pitch, but rather you present it to them or you propose this to them where you say, hey, um, I know that we got each other's backs. I know that we hold space for each other. You know, I know we love each other. Oh, we love each other. Excuse me. And that we, um, that, you know, we down for each other. But I wonder, could we try checking in with each other when we have those moments where we want to vent? Could we try checking in saying, Hey, do you have the space for it? Do you have the bandwidth for it? Um, just because I think it's been so much going on and, I want to check in with you to make sure you good before I start unloading, you know, and then to reciprocate that. Like maybe that's the challenge. Just ask somebody that you care about, somebody that you trust, someone that has your back and y'all have a tight relationship or a really good relationship with those open spaces of communication to propose if you could start practicing checking in on each other's bandwidth and capacity. And Maybe you practice it once or twice. Maybe it's just with a text message first. Like I was saying um, with me and Brian earlier, you know, maybe that's something that might help out. So I'm I'm excited, though. Like I'm trying to I, I do that with I start that with my closest relationships and now I normalize it or I, I, I make it commonplace in my own text messages and in and, and communication and dialogue. So if other people pick up on it across the 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 friendship orbits and relationship orbits, then great. You know, that that's absolutely wonderful. Um not everybody is going to be responsive to it. Like <laughs> not everybody is going to be responsive to it. I'm just letting you know. I tried it with family is like, what you talking about? And I'm like, 
yeah, don't do that. <laughs> so thank y'all so much for rocking out with me. Um, I really appreciate it. You already know. Shemaine Man, R.E.V., one of the coolest nerds you'll ever meet. And until next time, I'm Audi 5000, and I'll catch y'all on the flip side. Peace.